Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. I'm meteorologist Dave Turley, and I'm joined, as always, by meteorologist Andrew Gordon. Andrew, today is Tuesday. It Mm -hmm. is February. We're into February right now. How are things going with you? Things are good. Things are going well. You know, we had a a kind of a blustery morning with uh, windy conditions we're experiencing on this Tuesday, but the sun is out. We've got some warmer temperatures in the forecast we'll get to, so not a lot to complain about right now. Yeah, and we're going to keep things on the quiet side. Did I say February 4th? It's February. It is February 6th. Today is Tuesday, February 6th. If I said the 4th, it's the 6th. It's scrolling on the bottom. It is scrolling on the bottom, exactly. And uh, we are into February, and we normally would expect to see some colder temperatures. Normally, January into February is our coldest time of the year. And we have been seeing some chilly temperatures. You mentioned that we had the wind in the air this morning. Uh, So we had some wind chills in the 30s, but actual temperatures were in the 40s. Things are going to be changing a little bit here with high pressure building in. That's going to bring with it some colder actual air temperatures. So take a look what we have coming up here, coming up on our Wednesday. And that's, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit of a light freeze inland. Yeah, you know, whenever I see this, I'm like, I need to pre-lay out my jacket the night before because it makes it a little easier to get out of bed because (laughs) it's just cold going in the morning. But it's actually colder when a lot of people that are working nine to fives get out of, out of bed because it's closer to that uh, low temperature point of the day. Cause when I go to work and when you used to Dave, mm-hmm. you still got a few more hours of cooling. Yes. So it actually gets colder throughout the work morning. Coldest time of the day is right before sunrise. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget exactly when that sunrise is. I think it's probably sometime around seven. Yeah, it's six. getting closer to it. So, uh, of course, we are expanding the daylight yes. uh, a little bit more each day. And I'm loving it being able to see those sunrises closer to when we are on daybreak. So I can show those to you in the morning. Yeah, so Wednesday is going to be cold. We keep it chilly, maybe a degree cooler there on Thursday morning. It's all thanks to that high pressure right over the region. So that means it's going to be quiet weather-wise for your outdoor plants. Yeah, sure. And typically we're in the lower 40s. So whenever we get in the 30s, it's below average. It's cold. It's winter, I know. But looking at that uh, temperature trend over the next uh, 10 days, there is a little thing that sticks out there. Yeah, that's the warmer air, which we have coming up here for uh, the week. And those are low temperatures over the next 10 days. If you're watching here as we show you the graphic there, low of only 60 on Monday. Usually when you have something like that, that usually means you have some rain chances back in your area. Sure, you know, some moisture of some sort is coming our way. And it does appear that that's going to be the case. So this dry stretch we are now in starting on Tuesday, going through the end of the week, Sure. But this weekend, with those warmer temperatures, as you said, Dave, some rain chances look to trickle on in there. Yeah. So that's a look at the low temperatures. And that means those afternoon highs are going to be warming up. We're back in the low 70s on Friday. But look at Saturday. I think we'll see some mid 70s across our southern areas. And we're going to keep those 70s going, even with those rain chances returning Sunday and into Monday. That's a look at the seven day forecast. Sure. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to those seventies. You know, sometimes the warmer temperatures with the rain can equate to a severe weather chance right now. Not really looking like that, just more so uh, maybe a preview of spring. A lot of people on social media like calling it false spring. Well, you got four days of seventies in the forecast there. Yeah. And the rain chances, uh, if you have outdoor plans, weekend plans, just like last weekend, Saturday looks to be drier than Sunday, but Sunday right now does not look like it's going to be a washout. I think it's more really late overnight Sunday and Monday looks to be the better certainly potential right now for seeing 
uh, some pretty good rain showers. Yeah, definitely. So going to take advantage of the next uh, couple of dry days and uh, try to get outside a little bit, especially Friday and Saturday looking great. Yeah, and we're not looking at a, a severe threat for right now, but it is the perfect time to prepare you for that. We are in day two of severe weather preparedness week. Uh, yesterday's uh, the day one uh, was all about having a family plan and making sure you are informed. Today, we deal with thunderstorm safety. Yeah, and you know, that's a great segue you had there, Dave. We're not talking about uh, severe weather, but of course, now's a good time to prepare for it, as you said. So it's all about knowing the difference between watches and warnings and uh, just knowing a little bit of uh, the fun facts that go along with uh, the severe thunderstorms. Typically, they are about 50 miles wide, can last 30 minutes, but these storms too uh, can be a little interesting. You can have longer ones within a squall line. You can have discrete supercells. If you want to get into it, there's a lot of fun stuff to learn about with thunderstorms. Yeah, and, and also to be declared a severe thunderstorm uh, you need at least one inch hail and or mm -hmm. winds greater than 58 miles per hour and a lot of people say oh there was so much lightning or there was a lot of heavy rain uh, that is nothing to do with the severity of the storm unfortunately it would be very impactful but as far as being classified as severe thunderstorm mm -hmm. and having a warning associated with it, that is the criteria that you need to have. Right. And this is kind of a, a no-brainer, but if there's a tornado with a thunderstorm, yeah. they just do a tornado warning. They override the severe thunderstorm warning, but it too would be a technically a severe thunderstorm. Yeah, and you mentioned the difference between a watch and a warning. A severe thunderstorm watch means that conditions are favorable for the development of something, but nothing as far as an imminent threat. Right. A warning means something is happening uh, at that time and you need to take uh, precaution to keep yourself informed and safe. Right, so that means that the ingredients, they are there, but it hasn't come out of the oven. It's not ready to to just be all put together, but that would be different with the warning when all the ingredients are coming together and you do have a storm that's producing one of those criteria as Dave talked about. Yeah, so today is day two. Tomorrow, Wednesday is day three, and that is all about tornado safety and that's something we unfortunately can deal with here. Not usually a very active force uh, for let's say uh, what we expect to see across the central area of the US. We're not in sure. what we call Tornado Alley, but we can get some of those tornadoes in our area as well. Yeah, and we have, you know, we've had uh, last, uh, what was it, two years ago in 2022 now, we had the tornado that went through Northern Bryan County that was tied for being the strongest tornado across the entire country that year. For the entire year, entire yeah. Entire year. That's so, amazing, with EF4. Yeah, so you can definitely have, um, very strong tornadoes any day of the year. If all the ingredients are there, you just have days and time periods in which you are more likely to have that setup come together. Yeah, so whenever we have a tornado warning, Again, that means a tornado has either been spotted or the storm is showing rotation in there, which could produce a tornado at any time. You'll get a tornado warning. Safest place for you to, and your family to be is if you're in your home, you want to be in the lowest level of your house. So you have a two-story house, get down to the bottom level of your house. You want to be in an interior room, preferably a bathroom or a closet uh, with no windows. That would be preferable as well. Mm -hmm. And you want to put as many walls in between you and the outside as possible. Yeah, I have a vivid memory as a kid. We were uh, in San Antonio, mom, dad, and sister, and we were in a hotel. They actually closed SeaWorld early this day. And uh, because of the bad weather, we get back to the hotel, wind down, go to bed. I think I was seven, eight, and then get woken up in the middle of the night because there's tornado warning. So we 
you know, you're in a hotel. It's not like the best case scenario no. for safety, but parents got us all in the bathroom. We got in the bathtub, pulled a comforter and some pillows over us in case there was flying debris. Everything got very quiet. Storm passed very quick. Then we go outside. The hotel next to us had its roof just ripped off. That's crazy. So I do understand that the uh, bathtub theory might sound a little unnatural, but it does provide at least some protection on the sides. Yeah, and they use a little bit more structurally, more support in the bathroom areas. So that's what they say. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a good area to be. And again, if you're in that little bit more protection from the bathtub itself, but good idea to bring some comforters or blankets, pillows, oh yeah, a helmet if you're home and you have a, maybe a football helmet, a skating helmet, something, you know, just protect yourself from flying debris. You never can tell. Right. And one of the, one of my favorite things to do is whenever we go to school visits, you ask kids, Oh, how many people play football or how many people play baseball or softball? And they raise their hands. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, the next time there's a tornado warning at your house, if you grab that, cause it's comfortable for kids too, to have something they're familiar with, just put it on during a tornado warning, because uh, that definitely brings a sense of security in what can be a very anxious moment. And we're going to have that uh, statewide tornado drill coming up Wednesday as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, corresponds with this and I believe it's nine I want to say nine or nine nine or nine thirty the county might do it sometimes Tybee does it differently but that might be a SEMA thing right um, I want to say in the nine o'clock hour yes let's go with that so if you hear those and again we have no severe weather so if you hear that tornado uh, siren on Wednesday that is for the statewide tornado drill associated with severe weather preparedness week so that is uh, day three next is day four and that is lightning safety the big one with lightning, if you can hear thunder, you can most certainly be struck by lightning. And lightning yes. is is no joke. You know, I if if I had a, a part of nature that I was most uh, respectful of, it's lightning. Because, you know, storm chasing for so many years, you have a chance. Not everybody does. At but least you know where to, it is. Right. You can you can get away from a tornado. Right. Lightning, there's a bit of entropy with there. It's a, it can be a little random. It, it takes the path of least resistance from the cloud to the ground or the opposite. You have upward shooting. That, won't get into all of that. But it's dangerous. If you hear thunder, get inside. Uh, did you just throw a thesaurus word at me over there? Entropy? Yes. What? Randomness? Yes. <laughs> I know. I like, what, what are you saying over there? I know. Look it up. Look at you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you just don't know. Lightning, I mean, you have the conditions out there. You know, of a thunderstorm, but you have no idea where the lightning can strike. It can yeah. strike 10 miles uh, from where the thunderstorm is. And they say, you know, it, it, lightning came out of the blue. Well, it came from somewhere. And that means there's a storm nearby and it can strike even if it's outside. Normally, when you we talk about this, if uh, summertime, you're at the pool or you're at the golf course or whatever, if you can hear that thunder, you need to get in, indoors and to safety. Yeah, and most definitely, especially in the summer when we get a sea breeze that stalls out, um, you get a strong enough storm, that lightning can go out, say it's over downtown, could go to Pooler, could go to Richmond Hill, and it might not even be raining where you're at. Right. So you do, do definitely need to have a little respect. It could there. be perfectly, perfectly sunny, but that mm -hmm. storm is close enough where you can get some of that lightning. So you want to avoid anything tall, of course, outside. You want to be near anything metal or water. You want to get away from water. Water is a very good conductor yeah. of electricity along with metal. So 
uh, you just want to try to get inside. If your pets are out there, try to get them inside as well. They don't want to be struck by lightning either. No, and if uh, your pet is like my dog, not a fan. He is not a fan of the thunder. Most pets are not. (laughs) And then we wind down on a day five on Friday. That is the number one cause of storms, and that's going to be from flooding, flash flooding especially. Yeah, those storm-related deaths, uh, a lot of people think, oh, flash flood warning, no big deal. Sometimes it'll be a river flood warning or whatever, but when flooding's bad, it is terrible. You know, look at some of the things that are happening over in California with the landslides, people getting trapped in neighborhoods. It's very long lasting as well. It can come up on you fast, such such as the word flash for a flash flood, but some of the impacts can be long lasting. Yeah, and that's not something you don't want to uh, really drive through. You always uh, adhere to the old adage, turn around, don't drown. You never want to drive through any type of water where you don't know how deep that water is. Because it doesn't take much water to start to move either you or your car, your vehicle. Uh, It's up to your tires. uh, That can move your car. You know, if you can't see the bottom, you don't want to, you don't want to go in there. Just like if you're going to jump in a pool and it's, you know, you know, it's six inches. That's not good for a human. It's not good for a car either to drive through. So you want to be able to at least know how much water's there. And you might only see the top little level and maybe that road is washed out and uh, you driving on there will not end well. So that is a look at severe weather preparedness week. Thankfully, again, we'll put the seven day back on here. We don't have any severe weather in the forecast. As of right now, we have cold. Then we have some warmer temperatures to deal with here. Um, Andrew, I think that's pretty much going to do it for this edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. For meteorologist Andrew Gordon, I'm meteorologist Dave Turley. We'll see you next time.